All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a super strong <laughs> passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited to have on the show today, Marta Seslak. Marta is the Senior Manager of Strategic Business Partnerships over at Blue Sheet. Field of California. She's done a lot in health. She's doing a lot in health and just really excited for her to come on the show, uh, peel off time, share her experience with her, with us and her story, but I'm not going to steal her thunder. Marta, welcome, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. No, thanks for making time to do this. Um, I guess to start off, maybe you can take me back and teleport me back to where it all started. Um, I guess the series of events that you went through that, that have led you to become the person you are. So I just love to hear a little bit about your origin story. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I guess maybe start out speaking a little bit about how I got into healthcare, um, which is, uh, I've always wanted to impact the health of populations, uh, at a large scale. And I wasn't really um, uh, informed about uh, this whole entire world of public health. And when I was doing a lot of research on uh, which direction to take my career in, uh, public health popped up on my radar as a way to sort of accomplish my goal. Uh, and so I went the public health route uh, and I did my MPH at Cal. And after my MPH, uh, I went on uh, into an administrative fellowship at N NYU Lango Medical Center. Uh, and that sort of kicked off my academic medical center career on the provider side. Um, and shortly thereafter, I came back actually to California, uh, started doing some work at Stanford and got really interested in this uh world of lean process improvement. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard the buzzword. Um, and that was back in, gosh, 2013 or so. Um, and the whole idea of reducing waste out of the healthcare system was really intriguing. Um, but as I got into the work, what was really intriguing was just the impact that you make on people uh, through this process and how excited and enthused people get when they are uh, engaged at the front lines and able to make these process improvements uh, on their own. And it really opened up this whole new world for me uh, in terms of, you know, engaging folks in healthcare. Uh, so that was, that was huge, a huge discovery for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, I pivoted a little bit to population health uh, and worked at DaVita Healthcare Partners for a little while, um, working with their medical groups, especially in the New Mexico market, uh, to help implement pop population health programs. Uh, and then when I came to Blue Shield of California, um, what got me really excited was uh, the innovation transformation work that Blue Shield of California is really focused on. And to be honest, I never um, actually thought I'd end up on a payer side because most of my career had been up until now on the provider side. Um, and so, uh, but what's really exciting is that, you know, payers right now are really getting into the provider space and really trying to understand 
healthcare more than just from a provider perspective, but also mm-hmm. from a show, social determinants of health perspective. Mm. Mm. No, I love it. I love it. I, I really appreciate your background, the perspective that you're bringing to healthcare, to population health. And uh, yeah, yeah, you mentioned some things here that really resonate with me. Um, you know, I, I remember way back, I became <laughs> a long time ago, I became a lead six. Sigma black belt started off as a green belt and was was similarly fascinated by you know what could you do if you were to remove waste from healthcare and from digital using digital IT and uh, better workflows what what could you do for the impact of people's health and so I I, I share the same um, you know passion that you have for the space um, I guess I'd love to hear a little bit about some of the things that you're focusing now on that has your has you really captivated in health I know you mentioned population health. SDOH, you know, lean and how these payer and provider worlds are coming together. So there's so much going on in health, but what are some things that really have you excited in health today? And maybe you can go a little bit deeper telling us why. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much. I mean, the most exciting thing for me right now, being in the payer world is being able to uh, provide value for the payer and bring in the provider perspective um, that I have experience in. Mm-hmm. And it's re- it's really neat to be able to leverage that on the payer side. And it's really exciting that payers are taking interest in, you know, what's happening in the provider world and how can we help you? And the team I'm, I'm on right now is, is so unique because uh, we really bring in all these different uh, perspectives together into one team. So there's a, a, a smaller subset of our team that focuses on lean process improvement and going out to the provider partners that we're working with in the community and helping them to, uh, you know, reduce waste wherever, uh, whatever they're in, whatever their focus areas are. Um, so that's, that's just a small aspect of what our larger team does. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also focusing uh, largely on, we have a, an amazing payment innovation team who is actively looking to um, change payment models, mm-hmm. reimburse providers differently, right? Reimburse providers for spending more time with their patients and uh, incorporating that coordinated care aspect into the care that, you know, sometimes in the fee-for-service world, um, that's not currently reimbursed. And so, you know, once we, I sort of see the payment innovation models as like the base for what the other initiatives um, that will come down the road, Mm -hmm. uh, how they will impact the rest of the healthcare system. And so by, by sort of changing the payment models, then what we're doing is we're layering on different products and services for providers to be able to leverage. And we're actually going out to our provider partners and saying, hey, listen, if you sign up for our payment models, which reimburse differently and incorporate this coordinated care aspect and, and spending more time with your patient, uh, we will also provide you with uh, these products and services that mm. we are currently experimenting with. Mm. Um, so in other, you know, in other words, we're experimenting with uh, bringing in really innovative technology companies to help us provide services uh, uh, for patients and providers where, where we see gaps, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's sort of a, a large menu of service offerings that we have in mind, and we're also um, getting the provider's perspective on what the needs are mm-hmm. so that we could sort of marry those two and then create a larger service offering for them. I love it. I love it. It's great to see, you know, tactically and strategically these programs and services are being, you know, offered and put together to make the relationship between providers and payers more harmonious because of the the time we're in, right? We're in this value-based economy now, this value-based movement, but, you know, it really is starting to shape up to be a value-based economy. Um, uh, Marta, I'd love to hear a little bit about, um, you know, what makes, what makes, what's your ideal like scenario between payers and providers? Like how should, what flow should be working the best? You know, is it, is it the payments going through and some, what are some other programs and services that, you know, payers and providers should have in place, you know, each other. So, you know, obviously I don't want to ask too many detailed questions on what you're doing today, especially if any that's uh, not, not out in the open or still in process, but tell me a little bit more about some of these, you know, programs, projects, or services, digital services, or workflows that you see are critical to be in place between the two. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, uh, you know, the, the social determinants of health are, is a huge buzzword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're a lot of the work that we are focusing on right now um, is around that. And how do mm-hmm. we manage the social determinants of health piece? Um, because that, you know, from a statistics standpoint, I think is something like 50 or 60% of the issues that show up at a provi- uh, primary care provider's office have to do with uh, something other than a clinical condition, right? It's, it's patient was concerned, didn't understand, or it was something related to the social determinants of health. And so if we can impact that alone, I think we'll, we'll put a big dent into mm-hmm. uh, many solving a lot of the different issues in healthcare. Um, so we're looking at it from a kind of a very many angles. So we're looking at a data analytics platform uh, right now, which uh, I can't say the name yet because we yeah. haven't finalized the contract. Yeah. Uh, and then a referral platform. Um, so, and we're also uh, looking at uh, launching community health centers uh, in various ecosystems within California, and then really um, having those community health centers be supported. Uh, with many different products and services and really just making healthcare more transparent to populations that uh, are challenged with obtaining that information. And even, you know, even for populations that are not challenged with having healthcare information really accessible, it's still very complicated, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm in healthcare and I still have sometimes have trouble navigating the world of healthcare. So um, so that's one aspect. Um, from a personalized care uh, standpoint, we're looking at um, products, digital products that will sort of help to uh, help the patient and provider navigate that world as well. Um, so really looking at uh, you know shared decision making uh, mm-hmm. type of tools uh, to inform. Uh, the patient and providers' clinical treatment decision making. Um, we're looking at you know different tools uh, related to specific diagnoses uh, like depression, anxiety, diabetes, um, and then from a high tech, high touch standpoint, uh, we we are launching a health 
advocate program um, mm-hmm. that is intended to really have that instead of the technology guiding you through healthcare, really mm-hmm. having that that person, um, and, you know, really engage with the patient to mm-hmm. let them know, uh, you know, make them aware of resources that are available to them in the mm-hmm. healthcare system. I love it. I love it. And on that latter one, I'm curious, does it, the, the, I'm assuming the member pays for that service or is there some, some flow or opportunity or for the provider to pay for that specific service? For the health advocates? Yeah. So we're, we're actually offering that um, uh, for free. Uh, so oh, basically awesome. it's a free service, part of Blue Shield. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, nice. So we're hoping that it'll really sort of extend the providers, you know, almost be like the provider's right-hand person in case there's any questions that come up. Um, these folks will be located in the clinics directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they can be made available in real time for the patient. Nice, nice. And, and Marta, I, I guess you, you, we hear a lot about social determinants of health. And, and like you're mentioning, you know, zip code is, is more important than genetic code. And and, um, you know, there's so many different op- ways to, it feels like the social determinants of, uh, of health overlaps with like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And now the yeah. value-based economy is going to face people not having, you know, food or shelter. And, and now the providers and payers have to be really hyper-focused in this area. So high tech versus high touch. I mean, what's the ultimate solution from a, from a payer perspective feel like? Is it is it automated follow-up that's routing, you know, people to referrals and triggering Uber rides and triggering meals to go to people and, and, or is it people on the blue shield side, you know, doing that and kind of maybe it's the, the health advocate, um, you know, making sure that those social determinants of health are addressed and they're able to trigger different services and notify, you know, organizations or food kitchens and, alert so i just love to hear like what's the what's the ideal scenario look like i mean obviously resources considered um so i'm interested in kind of like what you view um solving for social determinants health look like from a from a payer perspective what's like a metric or two on how you would measure success is it number of referrals or loops closed or number of patients you know addressed with x y and z social determinants of health um, you know, curious, just wanted to geek out with you a, a little bit on here just because, uh, it, it's coming up a lot, you know, and, and it's it just, yeah. to understand what should be the mental model for a payer and social determinants of health specifically. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> as, as a payer, we don't try to pretend that we have, uh, certain capabilities where we don't mm-hmm. have certain capabilities. And so, uh, to the extent that we don't have the capabilities in-house, we really try to partner with the right uh, companies and vendors and where we see really potential, even to invest in, in companies that we see pot- lots of potential down the road. And so uh, we tr- really try to outsource. Um, however, you know, with that come challenges where, you know, each company uh, is is working on something very, very specific. And, and then what we end up with is uh, a lot of different one point solutions. Right. And, mm-hmm. and that's not to discount the fact that, you know, companies that are really focused aren't doing great things because they are, 
It's just the challenge from a payer perspective and even from a patient perspective and provider perspective, right? Because if we start throwing all these one point solutions at a provider and saying, here you go, you know, mm-hmm. here's a list of these things that we're offering for you. And here you go, patient, here are these things that we're offering for you. It's really easy to get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff and information that's coming at you. And so I think our biggest challenge is going to be mm-hmm. how do we discreetly choose the right partners and not overwhelm uh, our consumers, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? Um, and so as we're picking these various um, partners, I think uh, a few of the partners that I have in mind right now as they relate to social determinants of health will actually really be uh, enable us to understand which interventions we should be working on in the different communities from a mm-hmm. social determinants of health perspective. And then, you know, to answer your metric question, I really can't answer that until we understand what the interventions right. are, right? Right. Um, so I'm really excited because I think uh, I think in the next month or so, we're actually going to be launching our data analytics platform um, and, and leveraging that in our LA market. Um, and so as we start working with that LA community, uh, you know, and leveraging the data, then we'll really be able to tell a story around what is happening in that community from a social determinants of health perspective and where can we make the biggest impact, which is probably wh- where we'll end up focusing our, our interventions on. Right. Right. Um, and then that's when we'll develop metrics around, uh, you know, what does success look like? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, we don't pretend to have internal capabilities where we know we're not good at X, Y, or Z. And so we try to outsource and partner with the right folks um, that are doing great things. Nice, nice. No, I, I love it. I love it. And it's, it's, it's super great to hear and really super exciting on, um, you know, what you're, you're, um, what you're doing and what you're focusing on. And along those lines, my, my last question here, cause I want to be sensitive to time is tell me, uh, um, the future of health, according to Martha, uh, like, what do you see happening in health? I'd love to just, you know, hear a little bit about that. Uh, what do I see happening? Um, so I'm hoping, um, I'm hoping that, uh, we can make healthcare less complicated mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. and really get back to basics, right? Which is, I think that kind of speaks to my public health background and where, uh, it would be great to see communities, um, really leveraging, um, healthy eating, healthy foods, uh, exercising, right? Just the basics. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that we can find some way to sort of uh, uh, not have such a huge focus on technology, right? Um, because to some extent, technology sort of gets in the way of creating healthy communities. <clears throat> we, you know, we're seeing a lot of social isolation uh, with mm-hmm. with a younger population that's spending most of their time on phones. And, and so, you know, that then sort of cascades down into anxiety, depression, um, not being able to, you know, effectively have those social interactions. And so <clears throat> I'm hoping that um, at, at some point we can sort of come together and really talk about the basics of what comprises uh, healthy communities and really have a, a collaborative partnership between communities and payers, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
and healthcare providers. Because I think payers in the past have been um, probably a little bit distanced, right, from the communities. And now being part of Blue Shield of California, I see that, you know, the push that we're doing to be in the communities and really listen to the communities um, and understand what's happening. So I think um, the future of health is really building those partnerships with the people that are directly affected by certain things in the community that affect their health Mm -hmm. and then being able to uh, assist and leverage the opportunities and and make those improvements um, and and really invest in the communities, right? Right. Um, Through different, different products and services and and programs. So that, that really excites me. That's a great, no, I really appreciate this. Yeah, this is a great high note. And, you know, I definitely agree with you. See, see this, you know, coming to fruition. And it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to just hear about your work, what you're doing in the space and how you guys are, are thinking about the space. But most importantly, the perspective that you're bringing to population health. And uh, it's just super exciting to hear a couple of things, your, your, your origin, your background, and your focus today, but also, you know, how you see the future of health coming to fruition. Um, my very last question is, um, if our listeners would like to engage with you on social media or reach out directly, Martha, what would be a great way to do so? LinkedIn would be the best way to engage with me. Sure. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll definitely link to that in the show notes. And uh, Marta, I guess uh, this was super great having you on the show, you know, and I, I really appreciate it. And to our listeners out there, this is the Pop Health Show. The show is for anyone with a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. Again, Marta, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. It was an honor, honor to be on the show. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks.